Swanson. Where he takes a picture of Big Ben and he's like, oh, look, a clock. We don't have that in America. And welcome back to the latest, greatest episode of the Shaving Points podcast. My name is Jay May. You can find me on Twitter at jmay56. This week we're talking a little NFC South, and I'm joined by my co-host, Quentin Crisco. How are we doing tonight, Quentin? Doing good, Jay. But I, got, I got a quick question for you before we get going. Hey, let me hear it. Do you know how you make a tissue dance? I know this one, and I forgot it. Let me. How do you do it? Put you a little, put a little boogie in it. Hey, I got it. Oh right yeah, you said it. Hey, <laughs> I'm on my game tonight. It's not like last week. I was a little out of my game last <laughs> week, but we back, baby. Yeah, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at shaving underscore points. That's PTS underscore pod. Follow on Instagram. Follow on Reddit. Follow on TikTok. Most importantly. Go follow on LinkedIn. We're trying to build that business profile. My name is Quentin Crisco. You can find me on Twitter at Bucket Stats. Bucket Stats, let's go. All right. So, you want to talk a little bit about our uh, play of the day on on Twitter each week? Or, not looking too hot tonight, but overall, up five units. Uh, that's $100 bet, $500 in your pocket if you're following along each and every day. Tonight we had the Warriors, not looking too great. Maybe a miracle, yeah. maybe not, but we will see. We got two minutes left. Last I checked, down 14, so not looking fantastic for our plus three and a half Warriors bet. But we'll be back tomorrow. We'll, but hey, we're gonna, we'll, if you we'll followed us for hockey. game two, you put two hey, units on the Warriors to cover. Two so. unit play. Yeah. Two unit play. Nice, yeah. nice little change in your pocket, man. Absolutely. I was very happy when that one hit. All right. Because I actually put four units on it. (laughs) Look at that big ballin' over there. Pocket full of change. If you you needed a little bit of extra gas money in these uh, crazy times in the world we have right now, just hit up Bucket Stats on Twitter. He'll Venmo you 35 cents. (laughs) Guaranteed. If you hit him up, he'll Venmo you 35 cents. Possibly. And that'll that'll take that'll take your gas from six fifty down to six thirteen. If I did the math right, I don't know if I did the math right there, but I'm not an accountant. Close. That's, that's Quentin. So yeah, we'll we'll do a little talking hockey. Uh, our boys, our boys, our lads up in Canada are out. The Unfortunately, boys down, the boys down south in Colorado have advanced. Um. We don't know what's going to happen with the Rangers and Lightning. Game five is tomorrow, so we will see. And that's talking hockey. That's talking hockey. You have anything to say about these NBA finals? NBA. Man, I'm in between right now because Boston holding home court. I mean, next game is going to be a must win for Golden State. Must win. Yeah, they just got to keep it close in the first half. Golden State owns the third quarter. They've owned the third quarter through this entire run going back to 2015 when they first started making these, these runs with Steph and the boys. They own the third quarter, and all they have to do is keep it close in the first half, get a big lead, and hold on in the fourth. And they gave up. They were going into the second quarter tonight. Down, down by 12. 12. Yeah. 
tied the second quarter or uh, lost the second quarter by one, down 13. Had a big third quarter, and then fourth quarter came around and laid an egg. So, yeah. We just need we just need the boys of Golden State to have a, a strong first half, and they can tie this thing up. And give us so something that series. give us a something good, that all I want is a good series. I don't care who wins. Something that um, our good friend Chris Rains. I was talking with him the other day, Shout out and he was he was saying that in game one, um, Golden State. Pulled out Steph, started the fourth quarter, which is pretty normal for their rotation. But Boston kept Tatum and Jalen Brown in. And that's really how they won game one. Like, they, they rode those guys, and Golden State couldn't answer. Game two, they, they got adjusted. Young bucks over there. They got, they got fresh legs. I mean, yeah. Fly them. Game but two. They've also gone back to back seven game series. So I don't know how often yeah. can you do that. Game two. Golden State adjusted. Steph still got rest at the start of the fourth, but they kept Jordan Poole in this time, and he was able to kind of carry the load more for them. I didn't catch what they did in this game to start the fourth, but if it was Steph on the bench still, I imagine for game four, Steph is starting the fourth quarter. Yeah, he's got to. Um, I think think Steve Kerr will just unload the deck. I think think Steph's going to get heavy, heavy minutes from this point going forward maybe little to minimal rest uh clay thompson has definitely got to step it up and hit some some big shots andrew wiggins has been good this series uh he's got to continue to do that and i mean that 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 game too draymond got away with essentially murder so if if the refs let draymond get away with murder then the Warriors got a strong chance, but th- this Celtics team is so complete. They're so good. They're they're eight deep. Um, they play great defense. They play great team basketball. Marcus Smart um, has green hair. Has green hair. He's he's the biggest <laughs> uh, foe of Texas Tech basketball in the past fifteen years, probably. But it's hard to hate the guy. I mean, he's 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 just so consistent. He's he's the glue that holds the team together. Yeah. Um, uh, him and Grant Williams just doing their thing, playing great defense, controlling the basketball. So, I mean, this Celtics team is going to be hard to beat, but I want Golden State to to steal a game in Boston. I want it to be tied up 2-2, going back to Golden State, and I just want a good series. That's all I want. That's all I want is a good series. I don't care who wins. I just want a good series. At this point between my uh... – Bet that I laid during the Eastern Conference Finals for Boston to win the win the championship and the two unit play on Golden State. I'm I'm green right now, no matter what I do. Yeah, I, I just can't any, mess that up. I don't have any. <laughs> I, I don't have any futures. I try to take uh, when Chris Rains told us to take Boston. I never really found a good opportunity to do it because the site I use to book my bets isn't isn't the best, isn't the most user friendly. So I never really got a good opportunity to to lay Boston when I wanted to lay Boston. Then by the time I had the opportunity to, it just it just wasn't worth the juice. So I'm betting it game by game, just trying to have a good time, enjoy our time with the NBA because in a few short weeks NBA will be over, NHL will be over, and sorry to America's pastime, but like baseball just doesn't do it for me in the summer, dude. So, so I'm a 
I want to go on a, a little bit of a side tangent on that. Like, baseball, we I feel like everything that happened with COVID a little bit. I mean, it's on him. Um, everything that happened with really COVID got it right. and, like, how little baseball was played. I was a huge baseball fan. And now I just, I feel like I'm just not interested in going and finding it anymore. It's like I have a hard that's time tough. getting into the game, and I used to love it. And, I mean, maybe that's me. Maybe I just need to force myself through it some more. Maybe it's because the Cubs aren't good, so I'm having a hard time jumping yeah. back in. But, like, I watched the Cubs for years when they weren't good. Years when they weren't <laughs> good. And yeah, right now, it's like I just I can't find the, the time, the motivation to, to be like, I got to watch some baseball, you know, and it's yeah. I, I think it's because I've gone two years without really watching it because it was all just kind of crap. Yeah, they came back like, a, with they, the they product they were putting out there was just not not right. When they when they finally came back and out of all sports, baseball is one of the easiest sports would have been one of the easiest sports to be played during a an outbreak. I mean, yeah. they should have been able to figure out so quickly by the time they came back. NBA was right on their tail and I'm going to watch if we're watching empty stadiums, like I'm watching NBA over MLB, uh, probably back. What if five, what if MLB probably, has the cardboard cutouts in the stands? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you can pay thirty bucks and maybe get a little TV time there. But no, maybe going back four or five years ago, like I, I've, I've I've never been a huge fan of baseball. I, I watch the playoffs. I, I I keep up with it. I try to stay relevant. But I used to always June, July early August. Uh, I, I was always at least somewhat invested in baseball. I don't really have allegiance to anybody. I would always watch the Rangers growing up and made some good runs in my, my late high school, early college careers, uh, back to back world series. But I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not aligned to the Rangers by any means. Like I tried to follow the Padres a couple of years ago, like slam Diego, uh, Fernando Tatis and the boys. I tried to hop on that. I mean, I just, the, the juice just wasn't there for me. I don't I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't know if it's me just having more priorities and having other things to do in life. And I've just I've never had a love for baseball. I didn't, I didn't play it growing up. Like it's just one of those things where it, it's just never popped for me. So like maybe the older I get, the less I care. I don't know if that's it. But like I just I have no desire to watch a baseball game at thirty yeah, so years old in my life. I'm the op. Baseball was my first love. Yeah, it was the first first sport that I fell in love with. I, 20, what, 2015 through 2017, I had the uh, the MLB TV subscription so I could watch every Cubs game. Like, it was, I I grew up and baseball was everything. Yeah. And it's it's just, it. I, I, I'm just perplexed as to my inability to jump back into it right now. Yeah, I don't understand because I'm like, even even not loving the game growing up, even even not doing all these things, I've always been able to, like, around this time of year, like, you have NBA playoffs, like, coming to a close. Um, and I, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a big hockey fan either. I mean, I watch hockey I watch hockey for the playoffs. They have one of the best postseasons in professional sports. But, like, I can't name you more than five hockey players. Um, but I, I love the NHL postseason. It's, it's one of my favorite times of the year. So I do get excited for that. But this is usually the time of year where I really start getting excited for baseball watching baseball every year and i'm like baseball is going to get me through to baseball's always been one of those things that gets me through to college football and college football is probably my 
is right up there with NFL for me. Some years, college, like, it just depends on the year, but NFL, college football are just one and one A, one B for me, depending on the year. But I mean, it just gets me through August to that to that week. Z- we have week zero now of college football. It gets me to that point. And here, these past couple years, I mean, it, it's not even that. I mean, I would rather just do nothing than watch, <laughs> watch baseball, watch paint dry. Yeah, like, I mean, and now, I mean, having a kid and everything definitely changes it because, like, what would I rather watch a Orioles and Rays game or, like, hang out with my kid? I mean, that's an obvious answer, like, Royals and Rays, no, but, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, just something about, I don't, I don't know if it's the product, I don't know if it's me, but I just can't get into baseball in today's, today's game. I don't know if it's a product thing or if it's a me thing but i I I think a big part of it for me is how much relief pitching has taken over the sport a little bit which is i feel like it's just i mean it it, it sounds kind of like it doesn't sound reasonable but like i've i've always loved seeing a pitcher who can go out there seven eight innings and it's just still pumping heat at the end of the game like 80, 80, 90 pitches. Like we're we're going into we're going into the eighth inning. He's one hundred and twelve pitches deep or something like that. And it's like, oh, is he about to do a full game here? And yeah. like, that excitement. And it's like now, like I remember having this conversation with you back in I think it was two thousand nineteen World Series, and we had the Astros going against the Nationals, and. The Astros, uh, who uh, Granky goes out there, mm-hmm. and he's he's pitching lights out. Walks the yeah. dude, a guy homers. He gives up two runs. Next inning, another guy homers. They're down three nothing. Outside of those three bad pitches, Granky's pitching lights out. They pull him in the fourth, and I'm I remember talking to you about it, and I was like, yeah. this is absolutely ridiculous. Like this dude is putting everything on the money. Like he had a couple. They have they have two home runs, and then they they had a walk that accompanied one of the home runs, and they have a three zero lead right now, and they're pulling this guy with like forty pitches deep in the in the fourth inning to hopefully save him for game seven. I think was the original. I think that was the original idea behind it. Then the Astros come back, they take the lead and then their, their bullpen can't get it done. And I was like, you leave Granky in the game right there. You steal that game. Yeah. You steal a game that you should have never had, but due to today's analytics, you're like, Oh, he's our ACE. We could bring him back game seven. If we get to that point, we're going to pull him now. We're, we're basically punting on the game. And then your offense comes back and has like, it was just one of those things is like, a baseball fan growing up, like I understand analytics yeah. and stuff, but it was, it was one of those things that like really bothered me. And I think that was like the last, like the last time I was like truly invested in baseball was like that world series. And I didn't really have a rooting interest. I was just like upset for Granky in that, yeah. in that spot. Cause I was like, you're the ace, you're the dude, you're pitching lights out and they're going to pull you early for the chance of a game seven. But does the game seven really even matter? Like if you win, cause I think if they would have won that, they would have been up three, one. And I think that's, I think that tied the series two two. Then the nationals went on with some of the best pitching I've ever seen with Strasburg oh, yeah. and Scherzer and yeah. all the boys. And they just kind of routed them from there. But I mean, Astro, I think if Astros won that game, I think they would have gone up three, one. 
Yeah, I think you're if right. If I remember correctly. Um, so on the analytics front, like, this is my opinion on it, and I'm sure someone out there much smarter than me could tell, especially about baseball analytics, could tell me why I'm wrong on this. But the analytics are great for winning the most games you can across 162 games. That was another cover. But I don't yeah. think it makes it the best for a seven-game series, and that's where the managers are so important to me. And I feel like you've gotten a shift of managers becoming guys who are Computers. yeah, yeah j- just just reading out the results and following them. And that's not that's great for the regular season. I don't think it helps you in the playoffs the same way as a guy who just has his gut right. You know, I mean that's that's kind of like. The, the best series to look at that is the same series I was just talking about was the Nationals-Astros series because, analytically speaking, Strasburg should have been pulled in, I think it was game four, where he gave up three early runs. And he was pitching a good game, just like Granky the game before, and they left him in there, and he ended up pitching lights out. And I, think he, I think he went like eight and a half innings, and yeah. they just left him in there. And everybody, like... It was it was coming off the Grinky performance, and everybody's like, "Oh, you got to pull him! You got to pull him! You got to pull him!" They just left him in there, yeah. and then he got better, and he got better, and he got better as the game went on. To where they finally pulled him, he was like 112 pitches, and it was like he's not coming back this series. I mean, it's game five at that point. It's like you yeah. already know he's not coming back from the series. Like, why not get the best from your best while he's there? And like analytically speaking, he should have been pulled way earlier. It's like, why are you going to dig deep into your bullpen game game five? And now they don't even – managers don't even have the opportunity. Like, upper upper management's like, oh, well, if you're not going to run the team like the computer says you should run the team, we'll just, right. go hire, we'll just go hire somebody that'll run the team like the computer says you should run the team. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think I've spent enough time on this soapbox, but, like, I, I agree with it. I, I, I love analytics, but they, they – they do have flaws, especially when you're talking or, about seven-game series in baseball. So yeah, yeah, if you if you if you transfer it to the NFL, like there's there's a, a time and place for analytics to tell you when to go for it on fourth and one, and then there's also coaching decisions that is like, yeah, analytics say it's wrong here, but we're gonna do it because if we get it here, it could change the entire game. Or analytics say we should go for it here, but our defense is playing lights out. And analytics doesn't adjust for your defense playing lights out. So it's like we're going to put it on this fourth and one, even though all the numbers say we should go for it. Like, yeah. And I, I feel like coaches still. I feel like coaches in the NFL are like a pretty good medium right now, because most coaches, for the most part, follow analytics, but still stick to their guns when they know down and distance, flow of the game, and then they're like. I, I still think there's a lot of coaches in the NFL that aren't scared to go against analytics. Besides, oh, no, not at all. <laughs> I mean, then you got Mike McCarthy. When you ask him why, he just says, "I feel like it." So, <laughs> like, I feel like yeah. I feel like some I feel like some coaches play it very well. Like, like Harbaugh, yeah. he's one he's one of the best at it. Um, and then so there was actually have, a really interesting uh, analysis about Brandon Staley because he's the poster boy of always go for it um and that basically him going for it got a terrible reputation because it did not work out for them on like three primetime games 
that yeah. you know the whole country saw. But, but over the course of the season, it probably got them two more wins than they would yeah. have had they not gone for it. Like it, in total, playoffs. it's the sum of it. Yeah, yeah. But I don't. It's not because he went for it. <laughs> no, no. Just I had a, I had a, I had a pretty beefy debate with a guy at work today about their quarterback and. He just made me hate the Chargers even more. They're, I mean, I already know the Chargers don't have any fans, so I'm not worried about them coming after us for this. But, yeah, it was like, yeah, the way the way he talks about Justin Herbert being like God's gift to earth, I'm like, okay, man, he's he's very good. I'll give you that. But, I mean, yeah, it's just one of those things you just turn your head and agree. Well, so what was it that he was saying? He's a, he's a surefire top two quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, he's top two, and he's not number two, basically. Yeah, it's, that's where it, like he's very so good, but his, that's his tier, where I take issue. So this guy, this guy's tier system was was Rogers Herbert, tier one, and then below tier one was Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, with Mahomes being below Burrow and Allen. So. Basically, Mahomes is five. Burrow and Allen are two and three. Three and four, right? Or three and four, three and four, excuse me, yes. And, yeah, that Herbert's one, Rodgers two, Allen and... Burrow. Burrow are interchangeable at three and four, and then Mahomes is, like, the clear-cut five. And I just wasn't having it. (laughs) I don't blame you. I... I can't say I agree I with that either. I can't deal with that tomfoolery. <laughs> All right. Uh, we want to jump in the NFC South. Yeah, we'll jump into the NFC the dirty South. South. We're going to break down one of the most boring divisions in football. Um, <laughs> sorry if you're an NFC South fan. To it's put it bluntly, yeah. <laughs> it's the Buccaneers division. We're going to talk about who might get second place here, but we're going to start out here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with Tom Brady, the greatest of all time. Tom Brady, the greatest of all time. I did that last week. I don't know if it would pop again. Let's try it. <laughs> Tom Brady, the greatest of all time in this Tampa Bay Buccaneers squad. What do you think? I mean, not a whole lot has changed. They're still stacked Yeah, all over the field. I mean, they, so Sue's gone. They brought in Akeem Hicks. They drafted Logan Hall. I think they'll be able to fill a spot with that combo. I mean, it might not be as good as Sue was, but they'll, they'll fill is, it in. I think Akeem Hicks is better than Sue at this point in his career. If he, when he's on the field. Yeah, he's yeah. just missed a lot of time the last two years, and I hope but, he stays healthy for them all season. Like saying, I hope he goes and wins a ring because Akeem Hicks is one of my favorite Chicago he, Bears of all time. He deserves every bit of success that he gets, absolutely. You know, he drank 40 beers once in a bar in Regina, Canada. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, I, it was an Andre I, the Giant moment. Yeah, I, I've I've never done that, but I've had my I've had my moments where I've drank a, a ton of beer and I'm half his size, so wouldn't surprise <laughs> me that he did it. Um, and when you, when you look at Dominic and Sue, he's one of those guys who can be a top five player in the league when he wants to be. But, I mean, the effort's really never been there. With Akeem Hicks, it's a health issue. But, you know, if he's on the field, you're getting 100% 
the, the, the reason game. he's had health issues is because he goes all out all the time and played too many snaps in Chicago. If he's on a rotation here, I think he's going to be going to be solid, like solid as far as health goes and just be a, he's a dominating force. He is when he's on the field. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any other way to put it. That's the perfect description for the guy dominating force. And you have him next to Vita Vea, who is also a dominating force. Yeah, if Aaron Donald wasn't in the league, Vita Vea would be talked about as the best interior defensive lineman in the entire league. Yeah. Bar none. Aaron Donald is so good. Aaron Donald is so iconic, historically great that he takes away from guys like Vita Vea. Vita Vea is a – I mean, he's 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 a generational talent. I mean, Vita Vea is a type of guy who's in the past 25 years – I mean, he stacks up with – top five interior defensive linemen. He just happens to be playing in the same era as Aaron Donald in the same division or uh, same conference as Aaron Donald that he doesn't get the respect that he deserves. But Vita Vea is yeah. phenomenal, phenomenal player on the inside for him. One of my favorite players in the draft the year he came out. I absolutely loved him. Uh, thought he might fall to Dallas. Tampa Bay swiped him up early. Good for them. He's panned out every way you wish he could have. And for for me, this this defense is going to ride or die on the health of their defensive backs. Last year, defensive backs could not stay healthy, and they were in a lot of shootouts. And Tom Brady is comfortable in a shootout, but I don't know how often you want your 44-year-old quarterback to be in a shootout when he can manage a game the way Tom Brady can. At this point in his career – you want you want games to where the winning team scores less than 30 points is the idyllic Tom Brady scenario because he can put yeah. together whatever you want he can he can chew clock but he he's not the gunslinger that he once was he can't he can't really keep up and attract me like he used to like he can he can give it his all and there, there's weeks that he can but ideally you want you want games that you can win week to week scoring less than 30 points. And yeah, I think they can do that. I think, uh, I really like the guy they picked at 157 Zion McCollum out of uh, UTSA or no, not UTSA. Where'd he go? Yeah. Uh, Utah? Sam Houston, maybe Sam Houston. Yeah. I think it's Sam Houston cornerback. There's a lot of schools. It's in something like that. It, it, it's some some initial school out of Texas. Um, but this guy was one of the most athletic players in this draft class, which is saying something because this was a very yeah. athletic draft class. This dude is just freaky athleticism at the cornerback position. Todd Bowles, good, very good de- defensive back coach. If he can coach him up some, and they have some injuries, he might be on the field. And I, I just, I love that guy in the draft. Yeah, uh, so. They also grabbed one of my favorite players on the Dallas Cowboys defense last year that I thought didn't get the respect that he deserved in the Cal- Dallas Cowboys defense last year in Keanu Neal. And yeah. I think he's a huge addition. He's one of those guys who can play anywhere on the field. He can play linebacker. He can play safety. He can play corner slot. Um, he's just one of those guys you can go in there. He can he can guard. He can guard tight end. He can guard wide receiver. Um so he, when I was throwing this run, together, he can he can blitz. I, I love Keanu Neal schemed in on this defense. So when I was throwing this together, I was actually kind of wondering 
who would be starting at strong safety if it would be Logan Hall or uh, Logan Ryan or Keanu Neal. I'm not sure who's going to actually start there. Logan Ryan's listed as the starter would, right now. I would assume but, Logan Ryan is going to be the de facto starter, but you can do whatever you want. Like I, I think they're going to find a way to put Keanu Neal on the field. He's yeah. he's so dynamic. He can do so many different things. But in, in a pure aspect, if you want him to just play strong safety – Logan Ryan is a thousand times better than him just playing strong safety and doing nothing else. But okay. if just putting him as the 11th man on the, on the defense and he may blitz, he may play back. Oh, he, you know, he, he may play the run. He can, he's one of those guys. He's, you can plug and play him. He can be your 11th man on defense. He can be your de facto strong safety, but he can do anything on the field. So it just depends on what Todd Bowles wants to do. But Tom Keanu Bowles loves guys of, like that. Yeah. So I don't know who's going to get the bulk of the minutes or the bulk of the bulk of the plays, but Keanu Neal is one of those guys. He can he can do whatever you want him to do. So I'm excited to see what Bowles does with him on this defense. Yeah. But I was going to say my really, one other question go I got with them, or not question. It's just it's a big season for Joe Tryon Sharinka. I mean, yeah. this guy was, I think, a second-round pick a year or two ago. Um, he was being projected as a first-round guy, possibly. And it, JPP is gone. Yeah, it's his time here. He needs, to, he needs to show something across from Shaq Barrett. With I mean, it shouldn't be that difficult on him with Shaq Barrett, Hicks, and Vea. He needs to he needs to take advantage of the opportunity he's got this year. Absolutely. And you still got Levante David there, who's one of the best – veteran linebackers in the league probably a hall of famer at this point in his career um devin white stud linebacker i mean they're they're kind of they're pretty good everywhere on defense yeah. uh they got to stay healthy in the defensive backs and they got to be able to rush the passer but let's talk about this offense for a second yeah like tom brady goat undebatable at this point anybody who debates whether or not Tom Brady is the greatest of all time, just doesn't be just doesn't wants to deserve fight. to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's no, there's no argument. I mean, I used to be a Tom Brady hater, and at this point in his career, I'm just, I just accept the fact that I get to see him play. I mean, he he's so good. I used to hate him so much. Like ten years ago, I was like just waiting, counting down the days to where he retired, to where ten years in the future, I'm like, I hope this dude plays forever. Because we will never see this. We will yeah. never see this again in the history of the world. Players retire earlier. They don't play for the love of the game anymore. They don't. They don't marry supermodel billionaires that they don't need the money. Like you'll you'll never see another situation like Tom Brady ever again. It it'll never happen. His 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 records on Super Bowls will never be touched. His all of his records will probably never be touched by the time he leaves. I mean, Patrick Mahomes would be the closest thing you could say that could touch him in the next twenty years, and I'd be willing to bet Patrick Mahomes retires well before sixteen, seventeen years. He's going to have made so much money. He's already got two young kids. I mean, I don't see him so, sticking around for twenty-five years. Like at this point. Tom Brady is Michael Jordan if Michael Jordan never left to play baseball, never retired between the Bulls and Wizards, and then won a championship with the Wizards. Exactly. (laughs) 
So you tie that in with a very good offensive line. Um, Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny, Super Bowl Lenny. And then we, we were actually talking about this pre-show. Has there ever been another receiver, historically speaking, in their era more disrespected than Mike Evans is? And his era, like when you talk about Mike Evans' era of receivers, you hear about Julio Jones, you hear about the Michael Thomases of what could have been, could have, should have, would have been. You hear about Antonio Brown. Uh, you, he kind of was there the same time as Megatron, kind of on the tail end of it. But I mean, he just so many guys get talked about before Mike Evans. And then you look at what Mike Evans has done. You look at what Mike Evans does on a week to week basis. You look at his ability on the field, what he can do compared to what other guys can do. And in my opinion, he's one of the most overlooked guys in his era in the league. And he's an all time great that people just fail to pay attention to. Yes. He just dunks on everybody. It's that simple. He's if you're huge. on the field, Mike Evans is going to dunk on you. Yeah, and then you look you look back to his college days. I mean, him playing with Johnny, like Johnny's massive career at a and I mean, it was like, who was his go-to guy? It was Mike Evans bailing him mm-hmm. out. And, like, unless you know Mike Evans was there with Johnny Manziel, unless you know that for a fact, like if you just ask some random person who knew of the Manziel mania, it's like you would think that Manziel was a one-man show. Yeah. I, I talk to casual people all the time. I mean, I work in the oil field. I, I see casual fans everywhere, and we'll start getting into the debate of quarterbacks, uh, college football quarterbacks, and they, they, they try to talk about Johnny Manziel like he had no help. And I'm like, you're uh, – Evans was 30 times – like, no respect to – no disrespect yeah. to Johnny Manziel, but <laughs> Evans was – far and away better than he was yeah. at his position compared to his position in college. Yeah. I mean, he's just always been kind of just overlooked. Like everybody, like he just doesn't get his flowers, yeah. man. And he's so freaking good. Another guy who I think has kind of been overlooked. And I will Russell admit Bush. part of this. Yeah. Part of it is just because of the contract that Tampa Bay signed him to. And you know that that means Tom Brady said, Go get me that guy. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, he he's just a guy in Atlanta. You know, he put up, like, 600, 700 yards once or twice. But, like, I think he's going to get some solid work this year in Tampa. Because you, you don't pay a guy what they paid him and just because, you yeah. know. it's absolutely. I'm really interested to see how he plays out here with Godwin and Evans. Yeah, I love uh, – that was going to be one of the first points I made about this team is I love Russell Gage on this team, um, especially with Godwin and Evans, Kim Brate. I think they still have O.J. Howard. So, yeah, it's – there's a lot of talent in this team. Uh, who are their other running backs? We don't have them pulled up here. But do you know off the top of your head? So, uh, I, I think Ro- Ronald Jones is – Gone. Still. They they drafted a guy last year, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. They drafted yeah, last Vaughn. year. He's still there. Um, they got they still got uh, Giovanni Bernard. Okay, yeah, Giovanni Bernard. I guess is who I was looking for, in that in that group. But and I'm sure there's yeah. one someone else I'm missing somewhere. Yeah, I mean it's one of those things where, I mean this team is loaded with talent, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I 
like I said at the beginning, is this division is the Buccaneers to lose. So everybody else we talk about is going to be maybe talking second place, but I don't think second place even sniffs the playoffs in in this division. So wait, well, so how many years has Tom Brady been in the league? What twenty one? 22, 01, right? 20, 22. How many rings does he have? Seven. So he's won a ring one third of the years he's been in the league. So if you're getting anything better than three to one odds for Tom Brady to win the Super Bowl, you should take it. In theory, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, absolutely. I'll be placed in the future for Tampa to win the Super Bowl just because I played multiple. I throw out multiple teams that I'm not going to bang. It's yeah. Tom Brady. At this point, like, if you would have been on Tom Brady every year to win the Super Bowl, you'd be up so much money. Yeah. So, I mean, you'd be stupid not to at this point in his career. You got plus 890 right now. <laughs> plus 890? Basically yeah. 9 to 1? Yep. That seems silly. This, like, this point in his career, like, He's still kind of getting disrespected. I I don't know. I mean, nine to one still pretty good Tom, odds. But Tom, if you're listening, you're getting disrespected. Use yeah. it. Heard it here first. <laughs> but all right, we'll move on to one of the potential second place teams in this division. I guess. Oh yeah, the Dirty Birds. <laughs> my favorite team. My least favorite team. I don't know what to. I don't know what to. <laughs> I, I hate this team. I love this team. Like, Dude, so I began to understand a little bit why when I was throwing this together. Because I was talking myself into, like, man, they can win seven games. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that's how it starts. That's how it starts. Hey, man, they added. So AJ Terrell has an argument for a top three corner in the NFL. He has an argument for top two, probably, maybe even top one. He's, He's very good. He he had one of the best seasons you can have as a quarterback last year, and then they start. went and signed Casey Hayward, who quietly played on the very outside good. all season last year in Vegas. Historically, he's played more nickel. He was on the outside all year last year. Was also one of the best corners in the league. You got you got locked down number one and two corner right now as long as Hayward stays healthy and right. Terrell stays Mar- healthy. Marcus Mariota was a higher draft round pick than Matt Ryan. Yeah, Marcus Mariota had some really good PFF grades once, too. Yeah, he was number two overall pick. Yep. Um, Kyle, Kyle Pitts. <laughs> incredible. Cordell Patterson Drake, scored Drake, like 30 touchdowns last year. Drake London, top 10 pick in the league. There you go. I mean, what? what's – I mean, yeah. This is the trap you fall into every year with Atlanta – you just look at the names. You're like, oh, I know this name. Oh, I know this name. Oh, they got to be good. Like, I know all of these names. Like, they're they're all good, right? Wrong. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. I, I promise you. I've I fell in this trap way too many times with a better quarterback. I fell into this trap when they had a good quarterback. They don't have a good quarterback anymore. Nope. Don't fall in the trap. Take the under. What's the Wait, under? So was uh, four and a half. Four the and a half plus a hundred. I actually like the over take, here more. Take the under. Take take the under. <laughs> take the under. I promise you. So, I guarantee. I'm not. I don't guarantee, but I have a theory. Here's here's down. one one win for the Falcons. Is at home against Chicago, because every Chicago Bear 
who no longer plays for the Bears over the last five years, plays for the Falcons. They know them Except too Akeem well. Hicks. Except Akeem Hicks. Well, uh, so but if, if the Falcons the Bears, know if the Bears that, way too well. If all the people that used to play for the Bears aren't on the Bears anymore, and the Bears have a new coaching staff, wouldn't you say they know them less than anybody else? Yeah, Ryan Pace is there. He's going to tell them, hey, if you tickle David Montgomery's left armpit, the ball's coming out. And they'll just know. I don't. I don't think you can. I don't think. I don't think Monty has that in him. But the Bears have that, some terrible luck in Atlanta too. Yeah. So, what else is there to say about the Falcons? So I take the under. You take. They have the a pretty over. solid O line. I mean, they have they have guys. They have dudes. I mean, their D line sucks. Aside from JD Grady, Grady, Grady Jarrett, Jarrett, not JD Grarrett. Grady Jarrett. Have, I'm they, struggling with that one. They have. Professional footballers playing for them. Yeah, um, I do like Arnold Evacati. I don't know where on earth Troy Anderson's going to play, but Troy, I love Troy Anderson in the draft. Yeah. I think Desmond Ritter could be starting by week six. I like Damian Williams. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like a lot of, like, the more we talk about this team, the more you're going to convince me to bet on them, and I don't want to bet on them. <laughs> can we move on? I know. It's like you look at them. They're, they're almost like the Jaguars where you're sitting here saying – they got some talent. But I don't I don't have I don't have a I don't have a history like for me looking at this Falcons team is like looking at an ex girlfriend and it's like I know it didn't work. I know it's super toxic, but maybe maybe we try again. <laughs> like I know yeah. I know it wasn't for the best. Like I I have I have a clear point of view and then as soon as I look at him again I'm like, Oh look at that <laughs> It's beautiful. So, how about the Panthers then? Oh man, Panthers are a non-starter for me. I think they're going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft next year. Don't know what they're doing at quarterback. They have Christian McCaffrey. If they if they had any balls at all, they would just trade him for what they could get from him because he's an appreciating asset. He can't stay healthy. He's he's not a top running back in the league anymore. He went from being the best running back in the league to not even top ten in my opinion. You can't stay on the field as a running back. You're not a top 10 running back. Yeah. You know I mean? Availability is the best ability. Especially at running back when the position is so fluid to begin with. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, they have Xavier Woods, ex-Cowboy. Okay. Uh, Littleton, Thompson, Burns. I mean, J.C. Like Horn. Chin. I like J.C. Horn I liked a lot. I, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, they got guys, but, I mean, they're just guys. Their head coach is on his way out the door. Robbie Anderson – has cool hair. DJ Moore deserves better. Like, yeah, he I, does. DJ Moore's like the new Allen Robinson. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't know what to say. Like, what's their win total? Four and a half as well. Five and a half. Five, five and a half. No, I, yeah, I like no, the under here. They're, they're like worse the than the Falcons. Yeah, yeah, they're worse than mm-hmm. the Falcons. Give me that under too. There's not a whole lot to say about this team. They didn't really do a whole lot in the draft. They got Matt Corral. They get. Akeem Ekwanu. How do we say his name? Iki Ekwanu. Iki Ekwanu. We talked about him plenty pre-draft. We like the guy, yeah. but he's not a. I don't. I don't think he's a game. I don't think he's a team changer. Uh, Damian. Not Wilson. many offensive linemen are team changers. I mean, like yeah. Trent Williams. Bradley Bozeman's <laughs> good, I guess. Uh, Austin Corbett. I mean, they did. They did a lot to sure up that interior offensive line. And if yeah. Sam Don- if Sam Donald's good, like. He hasn't been good in his career. 
He has I mean, to show nothing, that he can be good. Nothing points to Sam Darnold being good. Nothing yeah, that we so, have seen in his, what, four years in the NFL? Yeah. Why will that I mean, change now? I mean, his grandpa was Dick Hammer. He's got that going for him. Yeah, his, his grandpa's not proud. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, if you want to bet on the, the spot of Dick Hammer, I guess take this team. But out of, out of every team in the league, I probably have the least amount of confidence in this team. Hmm. They have a lame duck head coach who's on his way out the door. They have a they're, lame duck quarterback they've that they paid some... too much money for. Sorry. Matt Corral's not going to do anything anytime soon. If they if they had like I said, if they had any balls at all, they would get they would get rid of Christian McCaffrey for whatever they could get at this point. Like, what's the point of keeping him? He has a monster contract. He hasn't stayed on the field in two years. Like I I, I don't know what this team is doing. Instead of building anything smart, this team has just taken wild shots at players they think they can change. Trading draft picks for Sam Darnold. Trading draft picks for C.J. Henderson, who's still on the roster. He's not shown as a starter right now. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what his status is, but like trading draft picks CJ, for Stephon Gilmore. The same C.J. Like, Henderson that like vouched for Urban Meyer after Urban Meyer <laughs> traded him away. After Urban Meyer had to call his dad to trade him away. Like that's a red talking. flag. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Ionitis, I like him as a defensive lineman. Brian Burns yeah. is a monster. I mean, there's guys you like, but I mean, is there? JC Horn was a huge risk of a draft pick with his back issues. Like, or no, I'm sorry, I'm thinking, uh, not JC Horn. Never mind, no back issues with JC Horn. Yeah, JC Horn's solid. Yeah, I'm thinking the kid out of Virginia Tech last year. Yeah, uh, where did he go? I forgot. He didn't play. He barely played. I think he went to Tennessee. Maybe I don't know. We talked about it recently. He, I mean, he he did fine. But anyway, anyway, I mean, there's just. There's nothing that about this team that you're like, oh, like, watch out. Like, maybe, maybe Matt Corral. Like, I will give him that. Matt Corral could Honestly. come in, and he could be that spark plug. I mean, he has all the ability in the world. I mean, if, if Matt Corral can come in here and sling the damn football and hit DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, and he, he could come sling that rock boy, like, watch out. This team could get dangerous. I just – I, I don't think Matt Corral is that year one guy. And I, Sam Myrtle's proven he's not that guy. So, I mean, I think this is a lame duck team just yeah. sitting there. And I don't know what they do next year because next year's quarterback class is going to be absolutely loaded. I mean, you're going to have CJ Stroud, you're going to have Bryce Young, JT Daniels. Yeah. I mean, well, there's, there's a list of like nine guys that you could get next year. So it's like Matt Corral is. Uh, I, I don't I don't know what they're doing, but yeah, we can. I don't. Yeah, I, we're taking the under. Are we both taking the under? <laughs> yeah. Here? Usually, when we're both on the same the same bet, it's a good sign. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, give give me the under five and a half all day. I, Plus one hundred thirteen at the end. If if I can find a prop for the worst team in football, like it's probably going to be it's probably going on the Panthers for me. It's up there. I mean, I I don't know. I, I don't see how they win I mean, games outside the, the, of just. Playing the, the Falcons that, twice. The fact that they're picked a full game ahead of the Falcons is crazy to me. I yeah. look at that Falcons roster. I look at this roster. I was like, I I took the under on the Falcons out of a love hate relationship. <laughs> but in reality, like like uh, we're not gonna no, I'm not I'm gonna talk myself back in. We're not gonna do it. We'll just move on. <laughs> just move on. I'm not I'm not talking myself back into the Falcons. All right. 
most interesting team in the NFC, probably. Definitely the most interesting team in the state. In the division, definitely. But NFC, I don't I don't know if you can find a more interesting team. Talk about a team loaded <laughs> with talent. Absolutely loaded with talent. They go out in the we're talking about the New Orleans Saints, by the way, if you haven't pieced that together. We go out in the offseason, they get Tyron Matthew, stud. Marcus May, stud. Travis Landry, stud. Andy Dalton is is an NFL player. And Daniel Sorensen, very good. So three studs. In select in select roles, very good. <laughs> yeah. So you, you get three studs, a decent safety, and Andy Dalton added to the team. Teron Armstead walks out the door, tough. Marcus Williams walks out the door, not ideal. Try Simeon. Yeah. You replaced Montgomery, him. You replaced him well. Jalen Holmes, all those guys, but. Uh, losing Tyron Armstead, Marcus Williams, kind of hurt. But, I mean, Tyron Matthews is a beast. Yeah, Tyron Armstead hurt, but, like, he also misses six, seven games a year. Yeah. I mean, they picked up three safeties. Like, I don't know what this defense is trying to do. I think I think they're trying to do what I've been talking about doing, where you don't play a true safety. You just have, yeah. like, utility guys back there. So, doing that's where you see that's the strong – you see the Sam, the Sam backer. He doesn't play a whole lot. And yeah. that's a big part of why I think is because they rotate in a, a dime backer, big I mean, I safety. Think, that's going to be Sorensen's role, I think here. Well, I think Sorensen will be more of the Teron Matthew role, and the Teron Matthew role will be more of the the, the Romer. Yeah. yeah. Either way, either way, you want to do it. And Matthew and Sorensen have played a lot together uh, historically, yeah. so they know how to play off each other. So whether one of them is up top point. and one of them's down below. I mean, they know how to communicate. They know they like that. That's a big thing. Whenever, whenever you're talking, uh, especially if you're playing zone, knowing, knowing guys tendencies, because, preferences. Tendencies, yeah, because like this may technically still be your zone, but it may be easier for you to give it up and for Sorensen or Matthew yeah. to come down, and then you step up to where it's like by the letter of the law is not correct, but you both know each other so well that you know it. If you give this up, he's got your back. Or if, if he's got your back, you can give like give and take, like play off each other, especially in his own defense. I mean that that that's one of those things you just can't teach. I mean it just comes yeah. with reps, and then having those reps together in KC for three years, I think is huge for them on this defense. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, something just dawned on me with this team, though. It looks real similar to the 30-30 Jameis team. Yeah, but outside of head coach who... Yeah, outside of scheme. <laughs> outside of head coach who historically puts their quarterbacks in bad situations, the Bruce Arians. But we didn't see a whole lot of Jameis Winston last year. He got hurt early. He was playing well. He wasn't, he wasn't the Jameis Winston. He was very reserved. He was throwing... 12 passes a game, a couple hundred yards. But he, I mean, what? Well, when like he got four hurt, touchdowns a game. <laughs> yeah, when he, when he got hurt, he was he was on pace for like 58 touchdowns and like 1,400 yards. Like astronomically low amount of yards with like 58 touchdowns. Like, I am so excited to see what he does in this offense. Okay, so Michael Thomas, maybe... Uh, I, yeah. 
I don't know what to do with my hands. It's a Ricky Bobby situation. But, okay, let's throw Michael Thomas out of the equation and look at this receiving core with, like, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, Alvin Kamara. I mean, Alvin Kamara is every bit of a, a receiver as he is a running back. I'm assuming he's going to play. We haven't heard much about his situation that happened in Vegas, but I feel like we would have heard something by now if it was as bad yeah. as it seemed at the time. So I'm assuming Kamara is going to play. So still got Traquan Smith, Marquez still Calloway. Still got Traquan Smith, Marquez Calloway. I mean, we're we're going to do a, a fantasy draft type thing here in the next couple of weeks that will be coming out. And you'll you'll hear my uh, breakdown of this wide receiver core better then. Uh, spoiler alert, I take the, the Saints wide receivers. Um, yeah, they're absolutely loaded. Yeah. I mean, they got by loaded. last year without Thomas or Landry, and they still have most of those guys. Yeah, and so and if any team can knock off the Bucks, I mean, the Saints beat the Bucks in the regular season every year anyway. But let's look at this schedule for a second. Atlanta, winnable game. Home against Tampa Bay week two. Don't know. Carolina, very winnable. Minnesota, very winnable. So, Seattle, very winnable. They could they've easily... whipped up on Tampa, though, at home. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. So, I mean, we're looking... We're looking. This this team could start the year 5-0 and pretty easily, historically speaking, assuming they beat Tampa. And if they if they lose to Tampa, this team should very easily start 4-1, and bare minimal. Yeah, and then yeah Arizona, that's a friendly start to the year. Arizona, I mean, I would rather play Arizona week 7 than week 3. And they have Arizona week seven. They have the Rams inevitable. I mean, the rest of their schedule is pretty inevitable. And I mean, it's a grind going down the stretch. I mean, they mm-hmm. get Cincinnati, Arizona, Raiders, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Rams, San Francisco, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, Cleveland, Philadelphia, Carolina. I mean, they close out with four wins, I think. And I think they open with four wins. Yeah. I think they have eight wins just right there. And their win total is seven and a half. I love this over. I'm not touching it. I could see it. I could see them winning eight, nine games. I could also see them winning six, seven. So yeah. I'm just, I'm just avoiding. I, I might sprinkle them to make the playoffs at this plus one twenty-eight. This is the only other team in the in the conference that I would consider putting money on to make the playoffs. But yeah. Other than that, I mean, it's it's them and the Bucks. Yeah, like so that their over is minus one seventy six on return, but the playoffs is plus one twenty eight. So I'd probably, yeah. I'd probably lean towards playoffs rather than over, um, just because of that return. But yeah, I'm not one hundred percent sure if I'll lay that bet or not. It's one I'm considering though. Absolutely. I mean, this is just one of those teams that, you, I mean, you look at it, you look at it on paper, everything is there. It's all a Jameis. It's all a Jameis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, famous Jameis. If Jameis puts this together, they could be a, a 12, 13-win team. If he's just average, they're a 7-9-win to nine win team. And if he's – if he's, I think worst-case scenario, they're a 6-win team. I think Jameis can be yeah. bad. They can win six games. As long as Jameis is healthy. I mean, I mean, we saw it in Tampa. They were winning six, seven games at least. You know, easily every year. Yeah, but you have anything else to say about the Saints? So, 
we got Bucks winning the division. I think we agree yeah. on that. We have. I mean, so I don't even know if that's a good bet. I think it was like such negative money. It was like, yeah, what's I mean, the I point. I don't. I don't think I'm betting it. I'm just saying, if you were, if yeah. you were to pick, oh team, yeah, yeah, yeah. If we're picking teams, we're we're picking Tampa to win. No shocker. Uh, picking Carolina under. We're split on the Atlanta total, and yeah, we're split on the Saints total. Well, no, you're undecided on Saints total. I'm taking the over. Yeah. So, I mean, so gun I to mean, the head, gun to the head. I'm probably taking over. Yeah, but I, mean, I just, pretty, I just don't like the return on the bet. Yeah, I'm, I'm just talking about if you have to choose. I, I'm not, yeah. I'm not even looking at the odds on this. I'm just looking if you had to choose over or under yeah. seven and a half. Then I'm going uh, over on Saints. Yeah, see, I mean, and I mean that's what Vegas agrees with. I mean, it's minus one seventy five. So yeah, but all right, do we have anything else we need to cover this week? We're sitting right about an hour that's kind of where we've been trying to hit that sweet spot in this off season where we don't have a whole lot to talk about so do we want to uh we have respond to some of our commenters we have any comments cupcake or we're gonna save those for next week Let's see if we get an appearance of cupcake here the rare cupcake appearance international man of mystery international man of mystery idiots thank you randy isadore you're so sweet from two weeks randy ago. we are rubber you are glue what you say bounces off us and sticks to you. Ah! Boom! Got him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I this is one of the best comments we've gotten. <laughs> don't disrespect the red rifle. Oh, sorry, we, we didn't give Andy Dalton a shine. Sorry about that, Chris Reigns. Um, <laughs> yeah, we almost we almost did the audio for this one, but uh, Austin Wider Trammel. Trammel? 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 Chargers fans aren't real. Laughing emoji. That's so good. I'm genuinely laughing very hard right now. At least 1.4 million people on Facebook would disagree. I was born in 95, and I've been a Chargers fan since 06. Why haven't you been a Chargers fan since 95, huh? I don't know what Mexican gypsy woman we crossed while being down in San Diego, but hopefully the curse she put on the Chargers is now lifted since the bolts have come back to L.A. Lightning bolt, thunderstorm, happy emoji, red heart, blue heart, yellow heart, FTR, bub. Uh, yeah, Austin, you're not real. I don't. I think this is a bot. Everybody on this is a this is a YouTube comment. So. I don't know what the bot situation is like on YouTube, but like I know on, on Twitter, anytime somebody gets a response they don't like, they just say it's a bot. So I'm just going to say you're a bot <laughs> because you're not real. Hey, I mean, I love your comment, Austin. I think it's hysterical. Born in 95 <laughs> and didn't become a fan until 06. Like, what were you doing for 11 years? Just not caring? <laughs> Come on, bro. Who doesn't care about football what, when they're what, two? Yeah, where were you for the first 11 <laughs> years, bro? I mean, if you're, if you're such a diehard fan, like... You owe it to the organization to give those 11 years of your life back. <laughs> How would you even do that? Figure it out. That's what a good <laughs> fan does. And Chargers don't have good fans. Uh, I'll, I'll backtrack my statement. Chargers have fans. They don't have good fans. Ooh. That, Austin? Shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> no, you're a boy, Austin. Thanks for the comment. Uh, love the response. Hey, and go Khalil Mack. Go Chargers. I, I stand behind my my statement. James <laughs> Cook. 
Texans will only win three to four games at best. Quit lying to yourself. They have pieces of team, not a total team. Hey, you say what you want, and I'll say what I want. I think Davis Mills is a beast. Hey, I think John Mechie's a beast. I think Brandon Cooks uh, is a beast. Did the Texans get better or worse this offseason? Better. Well, they won four games last year. Yeah, so four and a half. Yeah. They'll win four and tie. Yeah, James Cook. Tell me where the Texans got worse, and tell me how they're going to lose more games than they lost last year. Tell me that, James Cook. Huh? Come at me, bro. Is the Georgia running back? Ooh, it might be. Dallas' old brother? <laughs> Don't make me call Big Bro. Don't make me call Big Bro on you. He'll put the back down. Yeah. Rodney Grant. I like the hat. I've been a Bengals fan since 1971. Four years old. Never knew about Cleveland. Saw him play Pitts. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to start this over. I've been at Bengals fan since 1971. Four years old. Never knew about Cleveland. Saw him play Pittsburgh and stuck with them. I'm from Canton, Ohio. Fuck. Cleo. Yeah, go Bengals. I agree, Rodney. <laughs> I'm on your side. Big fan of you, Rodney. Big fan. Come back. Come back and see us. All right. Let's do We got a live comment here from our boy Chris Reigns. Our boy Chris Reigns says, who are your sleeper teams to make the playoffs? Which team that on paper should make the playoffs won't? We already know my team for the second part of that question. It's the Denver Broncos. Sleeper team to make the playoffs. Texans. Jaguars. If I have to pick a sleeper in the AFC, it's probably Jaguars. Uh, sleeper in the NFC, though. Don't say the Falcons. I will lose my shit if you say Oh, I won't say the Falcons. Thank you. Um... Do you got one one ready to go, Jay? For the NFC? Yeah, I'm going to think it through real quick. Uh, off the top of my head, the Washington football team, I think Carson Wentz is is better than people give him credit for. Uh, people forget that he almost won the MVP one year. I think the NFC East overall isn't overly stacked. If, if Dallas isn't good, I think the division is absolutely wide open. I think that defense has every opportunity to – put up good numbers. I think they can rush the passer. I think they got better at the defensive backs. I think they have good running backs. Um, I think they have good tight end. I think they have good wide receivers. Uh, yeah, Washington football team or Washington commanders, whatever they are now, I think is is a team. I think I've, I think they're a potential to even make it as a wild card, not even winning the division if if the Cowboys or Eagles do step up. I, I, think, I think the Giants are just dead in the water and yeah, to me, it's Washington football team than FC. Okay. Um, the Falcons. I'm, I'm struggling with this one, man. I mean, I, I can't say the Falcons, but I don't think the Saints are a sleeper. Um, I mean, you can say the Lions, but I don't think the Lions are sleepers at this point. I think the Lions are legitimate contenders. Yeah, I'm not going Lions. Um, and again, I don't like, I could go Vikings. I don't think Vikings are really there though like maybe they might make it on a coin flip or something no, I but i wouldn't even call it, you like sleeper is a team that yeah yeah that's where i'm kind of 
And the Vikings, yeah. I don't think, are considered bad. They're just mediocre. No. Yeah. Um, so in the NFC West, in the NFC West, we got the Rams, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and the 49ers. 49ers. That's not a sleeper either. Like, yeah. like three of those teams Card- made the playoffs last yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, the Seahawks would be the only sleeper candidate in that division. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you probably nailed it with Washington. But for the sake of going different, I mean, I... Don't say the Falcons. I'll jump through the screen right now. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I feel NFC... like... NFC... I mean, I'm, I'm I'm just gonna have to stick with the Saints. Yeah, I mean that's my gut reaction is the Saints. Saints Lions would be my too. Yeah, I don't know if the Saints is a is a great sleeper, but like I think they have a good chance Histori- to make the playoffs. They didn't speak- last year. Historically speaking, you wouldn't be like, oh, they're a sleeper. But if you just threw this, if if this Saints roster was the New York Giants, you'd be like, oh, this is a sleeper team. And everybody's yeah. like, no, they suck. Yeah. Like, it's just the same, like, in your mind, like, oh, yeah, the Saints are good. Drew Brees, Sean Payton, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they yeah. immediately, like, when it comes to your mind, you hear the Saints, you're like, oh, that's not us. Like, they're good every year. But, like, people forget that they're gone. So, I, I, yeah. I think the Saints is a good pick. People just don't realize the Saints are a sleeper team because they don't – they haven't processed the people that have, are no longer in the building. Yeah, Sean Payton being gone, I think, is a big deal there. Yeah. But I still think they can make the playoffs, but I think it's going to be different than what we saw under yeah. Sean Payton. I mean, I, I, think, I think sleeper is a, a very good word to put on the Saints because if they were any team, not the Saints, which is funny saying that in our era because in our era, like in our lifetime, yeah. the Saints have been pretty good. But historically speaking, I think they still have like the worst win percentage in NFL history. And Do they? they have – I think maybe not anymore, but like Drew Brees has one of the best winning percentages in NFL history. So you have like one of the most losing franchises at the same time having one of the highest, like having their front runner QB having one of the best like win percentages. Like it is a crazy organization. Oh, wait. I think we have one more comment. The second half of Chris's question, real quick. A team. Was it a team oh, that's yeah. not going to make the playoffs? Um, yeah, I said Broncos. I know that you should. Um, let's see. I feel like Cowboys is an obvious answer here. I think Cowboys would make it. I just think they'll win the division. Um, you don't think they'll win the division? No. It's the NFC East. But you think they'll win the play? Do you think they make? Okay, well, we'll get into that another day. Um. Give me the Rams. Let's get frauds. Put the fraud label on them now. When you frauds. when your entire team's infrastructure is based on five or six players, one of those players is going to get injured eventually. Give me the Rams. Yeah. I mean, yeah, frauds. You heard it here first. Rams are frauds. Don't sleep on the Lions. See you next week. Adios. Go team. Let's go.